This is Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. She's a columnist, commentator, and sought-after guest on talk radio programs around the country. She has a master's degree from Columbia University and an operatic voice that can shatter glass. Here's your host of Spouting Off, Karen Cataline. Well, welcome. It is Friday. Are you thinking, God, it's Friday? I don't know if I am, but I do. I have come to really love the weekends. I reserve that right to write and uh, see my husband go out on a date, all those kinds of fun things. And we're exploring little towns all over Texas. It is way fun. Uh, They're all so unique. They defy collectivism because Every single one has its own personality. And have you ever enjoyed uh, homegrown restaurants? I love them, and there's tons of them. Uh, We avoid the chains. We go to the homegrown restaurants. And frankly, depending on how close and how, uh, how Democrat the place you're in is, you can predict how they will handle you walking into a restaurant without a mask. Uh, You may know that uh, I now hail, I'm a brand new Texas transplant along with my husband. We are, uh, we have our base of operations here and I love it because we can, I can broadcast from anywhere. He doesn't broadcast, he he does other stuff. But uh, if you go to, you can predict, I was in San Antonio um, exploring and That is a big city, just as I've been to Houston and Dallas and all that. The bigger the city, the more Democrat machine it is, and the more um, absolutely you're treated like a second-class citizen if you refuse to wear a mask. Never mind that um, Governor Greg Abbott, on the day that we set off for Texas, uh, repealed and uh, lifted the mask mandate. In my humble opinion, he did it, I don't know, a year less maybe two weeks too late. I I don't think there ever should have been a mass mandate, but certainly the first two weeks after, uh, you know, 15 days to slow the curve, and they didn't even miss a beat. Now it's well over a year, and people are addicted to masks. As you know, uh, I find these to be the absolute tipping point. And it is so easy to tell how addicted, Addicted people are to those masks. They, not all of them, but people now actually feel insecure if they don't wear their mask, which is exactly what the conditioning has been all about. That is what I uh, maintain. And you know what? You can tell me if I'm wrong, because if you're listening on Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, which is when we are doing this show, uh, although it is downloaded lots uh, throughout the week and on my website and on in my archives, but if you're listening live, you can tell me what you think. 888-627-6008. That's 888-627-6008. Do you think that the hard left has been conditioning people to wear masks. And just as there are now 19 or so states that have lifted their mask mandate, that is exactly when the talk is now turning to forced vaccinations. How many people were predicting this? I'm raising my hand. I was. 
I was predicting it. Uh, do you think they would simply stop at masks? No. They're going to double down, triple down, quadruple down, just like they did. Oh, two masks, four masks, 12 masks. Uh, every time there's a new strain, you have, to have, you have to wear another mask. It's about the hafta. It isn't about the mask. And yeah, you could make a case that it could be about the vaccine because nobody really knows what's in it. Um, I've been writing furiously and I have a piece that's just out. In fact, nobody knows about it. Maybe I shouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> um, it still needs a little polishing. It's currently on my blog, but eventually it'll go under articles and op-eds. Uh, and it's called Americans are being goaded into destroying their own country. Now, I use an analogy, and I would encourage you to go there and read it if you would, please. And if you like it, share it. I'll be sharing it after I'm sure that it has all the kinks out of it. God, it drives me crazy when I write something and I see it in my, I become bleary-eyed and I keep reading it over and over again. And then somebody else reads it and says, you have a typo. Somebody else reads it and says... But that's the way it is. When you look at something often enough and long enough, you tend to miss things. Gee, it's kind of like when you get into the habit of wearing a mask. Suddenly then you are uh, feeling insecure without it. You may have heard me uh, talk about the wonderful scene in the wonderful movie, The Shawshank Redemption. We did have the audio. It's worth playing. But um, I don't think we have it now because I didn't tell Don, who's filling in for Doug. Twins, thank you both of you at BBS Radio for being my producer or producers. They are actually two separate people. Uh, in the Shawshank Redemption, read the wonderful Morgan Freeman uh, tells his fellow cons that this is how people get institutionalized. First, the walls, they hate them. And then pretty soon they get to come to depend on them. Pretty soon they feel bad without them. That is conditioning, or as Red calls it, that's institutionalized. And that is really what all of this has been about. It's about the obedience. It isn't about the mask. Now, when we get to the idea that the conditioning is for a reason, I don't want to give away my piece, Americans are being goaded into destroying their country, or I may even change it to Americans are being goaded into, into committing suicide for America. But there wasn't a way for me to say that, that that wasn't sensationalistic. But the truth is, that is exactly what's happening. There are people in this country that hate this country so much that they want to persuade, urge, and bully their fellow citizens into destroying it. And that's what is so worthy of a talk radio uh, topic and discussion is, do people know that they're colluding with evil people to destroy this country? Or have they bought into the idea that this is somehow for our own good? Telling groaned Grown adults, how to live, what to think, how to behave, not treating adults like adults. In fact, the left twists and turns everything upside down. 
they treat children like adults and they treat adults like children. Uh, you may think it's nothing when you walk into a grocery store and you hear over the loudspeaker uh, a voice telling you to wash your hands and put on your mask and keep distant from other people. And that's still going on even though we're a year into it. The governor of Texas has lifted the mask mandate. But isn't it funny how businesses are still being bullied themselves into doing the bidding of the government? Soon they'll be uh, being bullied to do as the government demands by forcing their own employees to put an unknown substance into their body to be injected with an unknown experimental drug so they can work. Is there anything American about that? Is there anything that isn't totalitarian and authoritarian about that? You know, and I'm going to keep on saying it. You may get sick of it. I don't really care. But I hope you'll start telling your friends, family, loved ones, and others. Shout it from the rooftops. If you want to wear a mask, wear one. If you want to uh, have an unknown substance put in your body for a virus that is 99% non-lethal, if you're under 50, it is virtually non-lethal altogether, but yet you're willing to put something in your body, you have no idea what it is. Some people say it changes your DNA, makes you sterile. Don't you kind of want to know what's in it before you just trust the same people who've been lying, cheating, and stealing and lying to you again? My point is I do get going, don't I? My point is if you'd like to do that, you go right ahead. But the moment, the minute, the second you collude with the government and support them in bullying and intimidating your fellow citizens to do it, either through mask, uh, through mandates, through vaccine passports, which sounds just like uh, the beginnings of Nazi Germany. Actually, it sounds worse. It sounds like tattoos, only actually it sounds worse because tattoos did not inject an experimental drug into people until after they were in the concentration camps and they were experimented upon by the likes of, of Joseph Mengele. Do you really want to be a guinea pig? Why am I speaking so strongly about this? People may ask me, why am I so passionate about this? I think it's time that we ask every single collectivist group thinking lefty why they're so passionate about masks, about shutting people down who disagree with them, about vaccines, about shutting people down who disagree with them, about the efficacy of masks, shutting people down who don't agree with them. Why all of a sudden did proud Americans suddenly be Come so single-minded that there's only one way to think about anything. There's only one way to behave. There's only one way to believe. And who is it who is demanding this? Who's trying to force us? Well, heck, it's the same people who are behaving like crazy lunatics. The same people who have been revealed to be corrupt, 
to be dishonest, to be part of the deep state. Many who believe that there are a Heinz 57 number of genders. These are the same people who tried to railroad Donald Trump into an impeachment for something that was nothing. And yet Joe Biden was actually guilty of it. These are the same people who tried to make a gang rapist out of uh, Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court nominee. Kavanaugh's turned out to be a real wimp, people. What were you worried about? Where's the discernment about credibility? When you're told in your private life uh, a lie by somebody, do you keep listening to them? And yet, when... Somebody is on your TV screen, and I'm not talking to my listeners. I'm trying to give you ammo here, okay? I'm trying to give you some ammo, so please don't misunderstand that I'm trying to talk down to you because I hate that. I hate when talk show hosts do that like they know. No, I'm expressing an opinion, and I love when people disagree because that's one of the many reasons I will never be a leftist because no matter how strongly I feel about something, I would hardly think, even if I could, to force someone to think how I think, believe what I believe, um, behave how I behave. The only time I care is when it infringes on my rights, my rights to self-expression, practice of my religion. This was sanity. Our founders came up with it. Our founders came up with free will, individual responsibility. uh, And all of that is under attack right now. And you know what is the most deadly thing? That so many people do not understand it. So many people cannot see it. And it's right there in plain view. So I urge you, I ask you, I would like to persuade you, but I would never force you to read my latest article. It'll either be under the blog or under articles and op-eds when it's totally finished and polished. Some people are looking at it, so I had to post it. Americans are being goaded into destroying their own country, all at www.karencataline.com. When we come back, we're going to, well, I'm going to continue this, and we'll have a fabulous guest at the bottom of the hour. So stay tuned. You're listening to Spouting Off here on BBS Radio, the Friday edition. We'll be right back after this. This is Karen Cataline, host and producer of Spouting Off. Got an opinion, a guest suggestion, or a show tip? Follow me on Facebook or Twitter and let me know your thoughts. All you need is to know how to spell my name. It's the same on Twitter, Facebook, and www.karencataline.com. Karen is spelled the normal way, no goofy Y's or Q's, K-A-R-E-N, and Cataline is spelled K-A-T-A-L-I-N-E. Want more Spouting Off? You can find the complete archive of Spouting Off shows at www.karencataline.com. All my op-eds and blog posts are there, too. That's www.karencataline.com. Thanks for listening, and if you have a moment, please spread the word about Spouting Off.
You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. We're back, and I kind of wrapped up that monologue a little too soon because we have another segment to go in which we can take your calls if you would like to call in. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Are you going to take that vaccine? And what if you're threatened with your job, with being able to travel, with uh, getting on an airplane, that's travel, but others, what if they try to stop you from grocery shopping? Think it couldn't happen? Oh, yes, it could. If we don't start fighting back, it will. The number is 888-627-6008. Call now, 888-627-6008. If you're listening to the podcast of this broadcast, please don't hesitate to tune in to Spouting Off Tuesdays and Thursdays out of Nashua, New Hampshire at 1 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Mountain Time. I'm still confused about the time zones here. But yes, it's it's 11 a.m. Mountain 10 a.m. Pacific, and uh, you don't have to live in Nashua, New Hampshire, to listen to Spouting Off on Tuesdays and Thursdays at WSMN. All you got to do is either go to my website, KarenCataline.com, or WSMN.live, and you'll be able to hear the show and call in, too. The phone numbers are on my website. And then Friday, what we're doing right now at BBS Radio, and this really is the flagship show of spouting off it's where it all began i know it sounds oh so epic well it was epic in my life let's put it that way (laughs) um and so 888-627-6008 in order to advance my argument here i came across and boy you know this stuff is coming at us to coin a movie phrase, fast and furious. I finally started watching those movies, and they're pretty entertaining. Totally preposterous, but pretty entertaining. Um, And I came across this article by the health, by the Cleveland Clinic, no less. One of the most uh, distinguished clinics, maybe second only, I don't know, to the Mayo Clinic. And the article was entitled, You're Not the Boss of Me, Why We Don't Like Being Told What to Do and How to Tame, this, is, this was the amazing one, How to Tame Your Inner Rebel. They want adults to tame their inner rebel. Now, I could go down a lot of paths here. One of them is, How come everybody is marching to the same drummer? Why is even the Cleveland Clinic telling us how to tame our inner rebel? Learn how to tame your brain's inner rebel. Why is it that they all marched in lockstep and they were collectivist conformists in telling us you should do your own thing in the 60s? Why? Because that was the leftist line back then. Anything that could break down society, we are now seeing the left has participated and engaged in. If they wanted to make heroes out of bad guys, they just got Hollywood to start making movies where there were heroes made out of bad guys. And good guys are really evil. What's, what's one of the most 
memorable examples when they made a hero out of the Wicked Witch of the West in the musical Wicked. And Glenda, the good witch, was saccharine sweet, and she was really kind of mean and nasty. You know, they used to justify that point of view by saying, well, we're all kind of in grays. We're, we're not all black and white here, and let's not engage in stereotypes. You know, to a point, that's fine, but that's not really what they were after. What they were after was to break down society in a million different ways, and yes, I sound paranoid, but guess what? No, we're watching that all of those seeds they planted are, are, are bearing leftist, socialist, communist fruit. And now it is commonplace to look at criminals as victims and law-abiding citizens as criminals. But they've gone a step further because they never quit. And now they are actively punishing law-abiding citizens, as in the McCluskey's, in uh, St. Louis for trying to get criminals off their property, threatening to kill them and their dog. But the McCluskeys are the ones being charged. Why? Because the left wanted to make an example of them. This is straight out of Alinsky's rules for radicals. What was Alinsky? (laughs) He was, uh, he was a devil worshiping Jewish apostate who um, hated America and was giving just an ugly, ugly uh, bunch of very effective tactics to the left, which Hillary wrote her thesis on, as I am understood to, as I understand and I think. So let's go back to the Cleveland Clinic. See, I always get around back to it if I have enough time. Why? Because everything is related to everything else. Uh, But we got to stay on track here. So you're not the boss of me. Why we don't like being told what to do? Well, all of a sudden being told what to do is now a morally good thing to do. They take for granted that being told what to do and helping everybody, we're, quote, we're being told to wear a face mask, practice social distancing, and stay at home. We're even being told not to hug grandma or get together. The pandemic has, the pandemic has been tough on everyone but even more for our inner rebel who just can't stand being told what to do. So it is considered a given that these are good things to do. And the media has colluded in, in hiding the obvious, which is questioning authority is a good thing. Questioning what you're told as an adult is a good thing. And taking responsibility for your own actions is also not only a good thing, but a great thing. It helps you to care more about what you do in your own life. If you're told you're not responsible for your own behavior, you're going to keep making the same mistakes and blaming it on everyone else. Didn't our mother tell us that? Most mothers did. They said, if Johnny told you to jump off a bridge, would you do it? Our mothers said, stop blaming everybody for your own problems and start learning from your own mistakes. All of that and more is under attack today. Why? Because those are just a few of the principles that made our country great. Personal responsibility, consenting to be governed in order to preserve that liberty. Those are the principles that made our country great. Every single one of them is under attack right now. 
you know, there's a lot of conservatives I've talked to who do not believe for one moment that uh, America is under attack. Why? Because they've, they've come to believe that America is a terrible country, that America is guilty of systemic racism. I don't know if, the, if, if real conservatives believe that, but a lot of conservatives are paying lip service to the notion that we have to prove how not racist we actually are. Who does that if they haven't already bought into uh, this lie that America is a racist country? Uh, it's nonsensical, but it seems to be working. Here's another piece uh, that I think I have time to mention very quickly. This is brand new out today. L.A. Times columnist admits that vaccine passports will single out skeptics, break the resistance down. Wow. You don't have to be a scientist to know something's fishy here. You don't have to be a mathematician to know something isn't adding up. Do you think these people, and there are a lot more of them than have ever been before because they've been rewarded in this attitude, understand that this is not only unconstitutional but immoral? Do you think they understand that? How come it's immoral to single people out for daring to disagree with a vaccine that they disagree with? And I have said many times we must bring back the notion of conscientious objectors, which the left loved in the 60s, but now, of course, they hate them now, right? Why have they, uh, uh, why is it immoral to coerce and bully people? <laughs> I can't believe I'm even asking this question. But this is where a lot of the public is at. Because our founders were so brilliant, they made it very difficult to break America and the safeguards that they put uh, in place to guard our freedom. That's why. Why have they been working at it for so long? The things like, you know, demonizing law-abiding citizens and uh, turning very bad guys into victims. Uh, letting out criminals out of jail, I don't care what color they are, opening the borders and never caring who these people are that are left to prey on American citizens. Do you get the feeling they kind of hate Americans, particularly the ones with whom they disagree? What they couldn't do, our founders, was stop the intentional dumbing down of our country the trashing of our culture, and the brainwashing that America is a terrible, horrible, awful country. And apropos of my piece that I just put out that I've asked you to read about uh, Americans being goaded into committing suicide, the question is, there is many questions in that piece, but one of them is, so who's really culpable, God forbid, for the death and destruction of America? Is it the brainwashers? Or is it the brainwashed? Let me ask that again. Is it the brainwashers or is it the brainwashed? And how is it possible to brainwash an entire country, an entire culture? Frankly, the rest of the, the Western world is being subjugated by corrupt politicians and, quote, leaders who've taken bribes and blackmail from China and many other places, George Soros, 
they have sold us out. Why was it so easy? That's my question. Why has it been so easy for Americans to sell out their own country and their children's future? I think the time has come to say enough is enough. In fact, I've thought that a year ago. Uh, I urge people who are normally polite to be to stop being polite and start being effective. If it's effective to be polite, be polite. If it's effective to get a little louder, be a little louder. The point is, it is uh, when you talk to individuals, different things work with different people. But anybody who can be persuaded that liberty is worth saving in this country uh, needs to be persuaded because they hold our fate in their hands. It's one of the few things that we must depend on others to understand, our own liberty, because they would sell our liberty right down the river by voting for people who would take it away. That about does it for this little monologue here. I urge you to share it with your friends and neighbors if you think it is effective. And write me at Karen at KarenCataline.com if uh, you have some thoughts on this very important topic. When we come back, we'll have Catherine Gork. I'll tell you all about her just in just a minute. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Spouting Off, the Friday edition on BBS Radio. I'm Karen Cataline. Do you have a secret that's been bothering you? Have you been wondering if what you're thinking or feeling is normal? Is there someone with whom you've needed to clear the air, but you haven't been able to find the right words? Sometimes you need an objective, second opinion to help you see your problem more clearly. Ask Aunt Emma, and she'll help you move past what's getting in your way. She's a former therapist who is wise and caring, but instead of therapy, she'll give you terrific advice. It's free to ask Aunt Emma and explain your need, problem, or question. If you both agree, you pay only $1.39 a minute. It's anonymous, it's confidential, and you'll be surprised at how effective it is. You can Ask Aunt Emma by going to facebook.com forward slash Emma. There, you'll find her phone number and extension number. That's facebook.com forward slash Emma. Ask Aunt Emma today. Are you among the millions of Americans who feel uncertain when it comes to their health care? We are happy to inform you that there is a solution, and that solution is Liberty HealthShare. It's a community of like-minded people who work together to pay for their medical costs. You choose your doctor and hospital. Starting at $107 a month for a single, up to $449 a month for a family. That's mom, dad, and all kids. For more info, visit libertyhealthshare.org. That's libertyhealthshare.org. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Well, welcome back to Spouting Off. Uh, thank goodness it's Friday for a lot of people. This is the Friday edition of Spouting Off here at the BBS radio station. I am delighted to have uh, looked forward all week to talk once again. I had her on one of the other programs that I do. 
Her name is Catherine, and we'll just give you her whole name, Catherine Cornell Gorka. And she is the director of Civil Society and the American Dialogue. She serves as director of the Fellner Institute, Center for Civil Society and the American Dialogue. Okay, I know I was just repetitions here. But in 2016, she joined Trump's transition team and then served as a senior advisor in the Office of Policy at the Development of Homeland Security from 2017 to 2019. And uh, uh, let's see, there was something I especially wanted to highlight here. She provided expertise uh, in training on irregular warfare and terrorism to the FBI, the U.S. Army Special Forces. My goodness, if I keep reading her bio, I will never talk to her. One other thing, she lived in Budapest, Hungary, for 12 years, where she worked on aspects of the post-communist transition. That's the first thing I want to ask her. Welcome to Spouting Off, Catherine Gorka. Thanks, Karen. It's great to be here. Great to have you. So... Yes, yeah, so I mentioned that you lived in Budapest and uh, that you worked on the post-communist transition. And I'm going to just cut to the chase because I've been ranting about this for, oh, a little too long, but I'm not going to stop. And that is, are we in a pre-communist transition and what are we going to do about it? Well, that's a, yeah, I, 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 I think we are. Um, so... It's it's different, obviously, from from what we saw in Central and Eastern Europe, and um, and I have to say I'm as passionate about it as you are because I lived Good. there for 12 years. Granted, I was there after the fall of communism, um, but I really got to see firsthand just what it does to a society and to individuals to live under communism, and you know. It takes years to recover. I still don't think they've recovered. It just it hollows out people's souls. It mm. makes half the population corrupt, and the other half it makes terrified. Um, mm. So it was, you know, I think because of that experience that I had there, I'm just passionate about making sure we don't get communism or socialism in this country. And I do think we're headed that way. Oh, I would yeah. argue that the difference is, where socialism was imposed as a top-down thing in Central and Eastern Europe, here it's kind of bubbling up from down below, unfortunately. Mm. You mean through private businesses being bullied and intimidated to do the bidding of the government? Well, and I think, yes, and I think with the creep of the bureaucratic state, I think is, is really a problem. Um, the The growing number of regulations and the growing control that the government has over the economy, it's sort of, um, what's the expression about boiling a frog? If you do it very yeah, slowly. Yeah, the frog in the boiling water. The frog in the boiling water. I might argue, Katie, that, that that used to be true until we did another, to use another analogy, we jumped the shark. And in my opinion, and I would love to know if you disagree or what you think, in my opinion, we jumped the shark the moment, well, when the coronavirus uh, was blown out of proportion and people all over this country were told they had to wear a mask. Maybe you could make the argument for two weeks, which is what they said it would be. But a shutdown, the shutdowns and things that are happening by force, by force, by force. The minute you start forcing people into stuff, it's no longer America. And so it feels to me like we're on a speeding train. 
Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. You know, it's interesting. I came across a quote the other day. Um, this is from the famous uh, economist James Buchanan. This was in 2005. Listen to this quote. He argued that the success of socialism in the 21st century depends solely on the success of the political intellectual elite in making individuals afraid to be free. Dr. Fauci, anyone? I know. Isn't that an incredible quote from 2005? He had no idea it was coming. But I think if anything describes what we're living through, that's it. God, that's that's haunting. That makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up because that is precisely what they're doing. And it defies IQ and intelligence. And I know I mentioned this to you before, but since then there's been a second one. I think I did anyway. I know a few pretty smart people, okay? I know one guy who's uh, a rocket scientist, literally, has high-level security clearance. Not only did he take the vaccine, which is his right, he wants to take a vaccine, that's fine. But when I said, well, please tell me, tell me you do not support uh, a government enforcing others to take it, do you? And he not only equivocated, but began to defend the notion that that was somehow constitutional. And I, I think that using our fear of death, remember that well-known book whose name, uh, the author I forget, called The Denial of Death? The denial of death, using such a primitive need and the fear of death in order to scare people into handing over their liberty seems to defy IQ altogether. Conservatives are folding like cheap suits. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's stunning. I mean, I've been amazed every time I see statistics about sort of levels of anxiety and even severe anxiety. Um, it really surprises me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and the logic of it, yeah. especially as we've gone farther and farther down the road and we see the actual statistics that this isn't nearly as serious um, as we as it's we were once told it would be. non-lethal. Right. And you tell people that and their brain just turns off. Um, Right. You know, and and what they do, I'll tell you, I changed my base of operation from Colorado to Texas. My husband and I both wanted to be a part of at least a state, long story I won't go into, uh, that is is symbolic of standing up for individual liberty and freedom. And yet people are still addicted to the masks here, even though the masks were the mask mandate was lifted Uh, and people um, are still terrified and and they don't know when you. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Local news, a 28 minute newscast is 27 minutes coronavirus. That's it. Yeah, I'm. I'm seeing it here, too. And also the, the, the degree of fear-mongering. I mean, yes. I, I think it's actually quite shameless. I, I understand that it's it's a news story, but the way that they're – it really feels to me like the way they're trying to deliberately whip up the fear. Now we're mm. having to hear about this uh, – what is it called? The Brazil variant? Um, huh. Like this That's is going to be the next are taking their masks terrifying off, thing. Forbid. Right. 
I mean, it's all the systematic conditioning, right? It, it It's never, who thinks that these little baby doc tyrants are going to say, okay, <laughs> now you get to have your your life back. Oh, now you get to run a business like it used to be. I came across an article. I'm sorry, I'm talking too much, Katie. It's terrible. I came across an article in which a physician on CNN said, we have to use uh, uh, the vaccine. Uh, what's the carrot going to be if we don't take away their freedom? I mean, I heard that this are, morning. I, I heard the same oh thing this God. morning, and it was just appalling. Yep. Oh, oh. yeah. What are we going to do to force these people into taking that, these vaccines? And how many conservatives, Catherine Gorka, actually say, why are they so obsessed with, with putting an unknown substance into every man, woman, and child in America and possibly in the Western world? You don't have to be a scientist to know what's in it. You just have to be smart enough to question why. Yeah, and and you also wonder why when we've gotten to the point where people now have the vaccine, why they still insist on wearing masks. (laughs) Because they love the masks, and the mask is, in my opinion, the, the symbol of all of it. Remember it happened right when we were unmasking private citizens, when... Uh, Republicans in the deep state was being unmasked as the corrupt establishment elite that they really were. And then they were masking up and muzzling everyday citizens. To me, the mask is it. And it's the key to so much of the conditioning. I promised you that we would talk and we, we will right now about um, education and the curriculum of things like uh, I can't even remember the name of this insane, what is it? It's white privilege education uh, <laughs> that they are forcing on kids. I mean, how, how communist socialist is that? Tell us about that because you're really an expert in this. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the big concern. I mean, I think we all know that this this leftist progressive business has been creeping into education over the years but um boy what's happened this past year is just extraordinary um i'll I'll give you just one example this is a case i'm following closely and we're involved in pushing back and that's north carolina so 2019 the north carolina legislature said they wanted a little tweak to the social studies curriculum because they wanted their high school students to graduate with some financial literacy that's a great idea. But the the North Carolina Board of Education took that and their idea of making the tweak was they completely rewrote all the standards for social studies, starting with kindergarten, going through 12th grade, and now it's all based on critical race theory. It's all based on this Marxist idea that the world is divided into victims or victimizers. You're either the oppressed or the oppressor, and you are defined by your skin color, your class, your gender, your sexual orientation. We're no longer individuals. We're just members of a class it's it's shocking and it's terrible what i find part of what i find you know kind of like what's happening with the mask too Uh people who know better are still afraid to stand up to it legislators who are republicans 
don't want to stand up to it because they're afraid that they're going to be singled out. And so this thing is just plowing right into North Carolina schools, and they're not stopping it. Bullying and intimidation. The other problem is they don't see past next Thursday, and they don't realize that compliance with this kind of propaganda only and only brings more tyranny and propaganda. I mean, even yes. conservatives seem not to be very long. They can't see the long game. What's wrong with them? I got to take a break. Um, I am delighted. I enjoyed uh, talking to her so much. I had. I wanted to have her back and. It's just as fun to talk to her today. Her name is Catherine Cornell Gorka, and we will have more with her when we come back here on Spouting Off, the Friday edition here on BBS Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. for even more great conservative talk radio? The K-Star Talk Radio Network is a Christian-owned, alternative conservative news and talk radio internet broadcasting network. They have a full line of programming about spiritual, political, social, economic, financial, and health-related topics. And their goal is to encourage critical thinking about the issues of the day. The K-Star Talk Radio Network features great shows like America's First News, The Keith Hansen Show, Erskine, and Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Check out the whole schedule at their website at kstarradionetwork.com. Time could be short for a free people to share ideas in a free society. K-Star Radio Network is fighting a spiritual war on an earthly plane. Visit them today at... KstarRadioNetwork.com. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. One of my favorite little slogans from Mohandas K. Gandhi is. Even if you're a minority of one, the truth is still the truth. And we're living in a time when people need to stand up, even if there's nobody behind them. And there are a lot of courageous people out there who have been standing up. We're talking to Catherine Cornell Gorka, Director of Civil Society and the American Dialogue, uh, part of the Heritage Foundation, I think, right? And thank you so much for your time and for uh, staying with us, Catherine Gorka. You're there, right? Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, Great. Well, so tell us a little bit about some of the stories that you know of people who really were the, you know, the the tallest nail and decided to stand up even though other people weren't standing up with them. Those are the people, the people who are willing to stand up first that can help other people who may not have such courage do so. Yeah, and I I want to just point out, I think I really learned this lesson from my 12 years of living in Hungary and living in a post-communist society. 
um, I did a lot of research when I first arrived there, and I got to meet some of the dissidents um, from the region, people who just, honestly, who risked their lives to fight mm. communism. And it's amazing when you think about what really what a small number it took to create a resistance and, and to create that freedom movement that ultimately prevailed. And so I take a lot of heart from that experience and from those lessons, and I see it now. So, you know, this, this, the problem that are invading our schools, the the agendas, the there and there are so many of them. That's the thing. It's not just critical race theory. It's you know the Southern Poverty Law Center has their quote teaching tolerance uh, uh, curriculum. There's uh, 1619 Project has a curriculum. Black Lives Matter has a curriculum, and they're all fundamentally Marxist in their. Uh, orientation and progressive. They want to destroy the traditional family. They want to take away people's sense of personal responsibility and initiative. Mm-hmm. And we, as Americans, who who understand how how just how wonderful our founding is, mm. even if we failed to live up to the ideal that our founders set out, we know that that's the ideal that we should be striving for, and that the American system is the best system that's going to get us to a place where all people can prosper. And Uh so now, what's interesting is we're seeing, I'm seeing people and families all across this country starting to stand up and say, we are not going to let our children be taught this way. And it's a fight, I'm telling you. It's even in Florida, right? We're all so proud of Governor DeSantis and the thing, the great things he's doing in Florida. Just yesterday, uh, and I don't know the final result of this, they were trying to pass some new legislation on what's called Action Civics. And I don't even know if this is on most people's radar screens, but Action Civics which sounds great, is actually all about teaching our kids to go out and be leftist activists. It's terrible oh. stuff, right? And and oh. this is getting through even in Florida. So I'm seeing organizations pop up uh, every day now. It's amazing. Parents are organizing and saying, we're not going to put up with this. We're going to reject it. And, you know, part of what I think is really beautiful about it is that it's they're reaching across the aisle and they're finding partners. It's black and white together. Because I'm telling you, some of the people who are most upset about this quote, like diversity and equity training, are African Americans. I heard a mother the other day, so passionate. She has three African American sons, and she was saying, this critical race theory stuff is terrible because it takes away my kids' self-esteem It takes away all the achievements of African Americans in the United States, and it divides us as a nation. It's, you know, very powerful stuff. And it's insulting. It is so insulting. I mean, it's so demeaning. Completely agree with you. It like turns them into children. It says like they can't. They, they, it's, it's, it's like it's saying to them, you can't live up to our standards, so we're going to lower our standards to meet you where you are. That that's so insulting. That's been the message of the left to the black community for decades. And look at what they're saying about voter ID, which which just cinches oh, the it. The same thing. I know. It cinches Completely. It. I mean, who in their right mind believes? I wrote a piece on this at my website, KarenCataline.com. Um, what's racist about asking for an ID to vote unless you believe blacks and other minorities are too stupid to get an ID? And so they yeah. went into black communities and in Harlem and elsewhere. And they said, do you have an ID? 
they'd say yes. Do you, is it hard to get one? No. Uh, do you think it is racist for people to say black people don't know how to get an ID? They said absolutely. <laughs> ah. Yeah. It's, it's astounding. Give us another great story. I mean, I, I think the problem is, and I hate to be continue to be negative, but sometimes it's hard not to be. And yet, uh, you know, we can still uh, pray and worship and, and ask for help with this, that uh, you have to, uh, if you don't stand up now, like I said a year ago, the price for liberty is going to get higher and higher and higher. That's why this is so essential that our listeners help others to stand up together. So give us a, another story that you found impressive. Yeah, I think that that's a, such an important message. And I'll tell you the other thing is it's so critical to stop this stuff before it gets into the schools and before it gets written into the new curricula and the new standards because once it's mm -hmm. in, it is going to be a lot harder to dislodge. Um, so, for example, I mean, there, there, there are great groups. Um, Ed First North Carolina is one that I'm working with in North Carolina. Um, they're organizing a whole rally for their April 13th legislation day. They're going to go in to their legislators, and they're bringing people from all over the state to tell their legislators they don't want this this hatred in the classroom because that's what it is. They see it yes. as hatred. They see it as division. Um, there's new groups in Florida. There's one I love called Moms for Liberty um, who are Beautiful. fighting back. Their moms fighting back. I talked to a dad in Colorado the other day, also a, a new group just getting started, and I talked to Ooh. this dad. I have a lot of listeners telling, in Colorado. What's, I'm going to have to wrap it up, but what's the name of the group? Okay. Um, he's actually just on his own right now, and I think he's hoping oh, he'll start a group. It. Yeah. That's great. Sorry to do that to you. Boy, it goes so fast. Tell everybody how they can find you, follow you, because uh, you stay on top of this stuff, and people want to know how they can pitch in. I think the easiest way is uh, to follow me on Facebook, Catherine Gorka. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm at Catherine Gorka at Facebook. Um, I'm not as active on Twitter. I can't stay on Twitter, but um, I don't blame or you. <laughs> to reach out to me at the Heritage Foundation. I don't blame you. Well, we'll hope to have you back either on this show or some of the other ones that I do. And, Katie, have a great weekend, and thanks for your time. Uh, really appreciate talking to you. Yeah, thanks so much, and have a blessed Easter. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Well, our, yes, there she goes. That's Catherine Gorka. And and what an experience. I, I've, I forgot. I wanted to ask her also about... Uh, um, we're babes in the woods as far as communism goes. Boy, it goes so fast. I got to wrap it up. Thanks to everybody at BBS and to uh, HW, the guy with an IQ greater than that of a small soap dish. Tune in next Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday for more spouting off because there's going to be a whole lot to spout off about here on Spouting Off. 